Our Old Testament passage that our uh, communion meditation will be on will be Psalm 84. I invite you to follow along on the back of your order of worship or in your personal Bible or the Pew Bible. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, indeed it faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happier are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. Happier are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The gods of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of the wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good things does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Whenever I have the opportunity to have a teachable moment about worship, I take it. As you notice in your order of worship, if you're the type of people that follow along and read everything, you notice that it says communion meditation, which we have arguments, not arguments, just disagreements in worship planning. Some think communion meditations are 45 minutes, and others think it's probably about five minutes. And so I kind of split the difference, but we'll keep it short and sweet because I know. But I know we do have a captive audience, but one thing I want to highlight when it comes to communion and communion meditations is that the focus of today, especially this Sunday, should be communion as well. And so we want to give ample time for that. So that's just my teachable moment on our order of worship when it says communion meditation. Now, Andy doesn't listen to any of that, but, um, <laughs> but today it's going to be great. When you have something important to say, I always say you try to say it short and simple so everybody can, can understand. And so for today's the passage, Psalm 84, you get a feeling of excitement from the psalmist as he's writing about this journey to the dwelling place of God. And I try to think about what can you do to show this type of excitement? What can you do as a connection to that? And I, I thought about people and the list that they have of destinations they'd like to go to in their lifetime. Everybody here, whether they admit it or not, really sat down and wrote out, has a list of places they want to go before they join God and the saints. You know, I've been blessed in my short life to visit some of those places. I have a list, my wife and I do, that's really long. But I've been blessed to have been to New York. That's when New York City has been one of those destinations. I hope to go back. I've been blessed enough to go to Washington, D.C. As a former history teacher, that's like the the big deal, you know, to go to Washington, D.C. So I've done that. And I've been traveled internationally with our mission team at St. Matthew's. I've been to a foreign country. And some, some of those destinations were on my list. And I think back and reflect on our trips and getting ready for going to Honduras. And many of y'all in this congregation have been to Honduras or Mexico, mission trips with our church or youth trips. And you know that it takes a lot of preparation to get ready to go on that destination. You've got to do all your vaccinations and paperwork and passports and packing and medications to take and making sure your bag weighs just so. Then you've got to get 30 some odd people, which is hard with some of our crew here at the church, at one place 
on time together to check in at the airport, to fly multiple flights, to go overseas and land and go through a foreign customs. And there's just so much that goes on and on and you're tired and you're tired. But with Honduras, you know you're almost at the end of your journey to your destination, the Lost Glorious Resort. When you get on that yellow school bus that looks like a Madison County school bus because there's a Jaguar paw print in there, an MRI Patriot sticker. I heard they drove that bus from all the way down. I don't know if that's true or not. But you get on a yellow school bus and you drive to your resort town where you're going to stay for the mission trip. And when you get to the compound and you go down that road to go down to the hotel, you top a hill by some coffee plants, and there you see in the landscapes the big lake that's your own. And they have a big Jesus statue among the coffee plants. And it's the most beautiful place I've ever seen naturally. And you're just overfilled with excitement and joy of finally reaching your, your destination. That's not even close to what the psalmist is experiencing here at the beginning as these people go to the dwelling place of God. The first four verses read this. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, indeed it faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. They are excited. They are fainting. These people are worshiping and they're not doing it quietly. As they journey to the temple here, it's describing something that is very, very emotional to them. And there is something in here that's even just as powerful about this is the next two verses. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord, O host, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house ever singing your praise. As they are singing this psalm, journeying to the temple in the Old Testament days, what they're saying right here is that everybody, no matter where you are, is welcome in the dwelling place of the Lord. You see, Andy reminded me that the sparrow is kind of like a pigeon, which was the, the lowest class of offering you can give in the Old Testament time. If you didn't have a lot of money and you were coming to do sacrifices, you can at least afford a pigeon. And what this is saying here in the psalm, that even that type of bird has a dwelling place in the Lord, meaning even the lowliest of lows in all humanity has a place in the dwelling of the Lord. How awesome is that? When you read on in verses 5 through 8, you begin to read a little bit about the struggles of the journey that people are having here. It says, Happy are those who strengthen you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, the early rain also, or they make it a place of spring, and the early rain covers it with pools. That right there is symbolism of weeping, of crying, the valley of weeping, tough times, struggles. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Even though in the tough times, as they journey here, as the psalmist talks about, God is with them, giving them strength. The strength that they have comes from Him. His presence is with them as they journey. You know, some of my favorite movies to watch involve characters going on a long journey. And watching all the things that happen to them along the journey. One is the bucket list with Morgan Freeman once he finds out he's dying. And he goes on this journey of visiting places and how that changes him along the way with a friend. The other movie that is The Lord of the Rings. And that's a long trilogy of journeys. 
and how that changes the characters along the way. You even have lighthearted journeys like Dumb and Dumber and National Lampoon's Vacation. All right? They all go through trials in their journeys from start to finish. But it's in those journeys where we find our strength from the Lord that we can begin to be transformed. That we become a different person in that process as we gain our strength from the Lord. And where are we journeying to? It says it here at the beginning of the psalm. To the dwelling place of the Lord. We're journeying to God. To be back with God. To be in God's presence. But we also realize that God's presence is around us all the time. The first Old Testament reading was about Moses from the book of Exodus. It was one of the passages we read this week in our Bible reading plan. And I like that passage, the burning bush passage. You see, Moses was on a journey. And in that moment of his journey there, he went out into the fields to do ordinary tasks. But lucky for us, he was paying attention that day. Because if he wasn't, he would have just saw a bush on fire, which is very commonplace for that geography and that area. And people just ignored it, moved on. Oh, bushes on fire. Big deal. This one was different. Fortunately for us, he was paying attention that day. He noticed God was trying to speak to him. He noticed that bush, which was an everyday occurrence, wasn't being consumed by the fire. Something was different. And God spoke to him. And that changed the Old Testament for us. Thankfully so. And that got me thinking about our lives today and where we are. We allow the everyday of going to work and going to school, going to the grocery store, doing laundry, going to the bank, paying bills, and on and on and on to cloud our vision. We allow that to consume our thoughts, minds, and actions. And then we begin to forget God's presence in our lives. We forget on how to look for God in our everyday lives. Just like Moses seeing that everyday occurrence, but noticing something was different. God was speaking to him. When you start to focus your life and your attention on how God is speaking to you in your journey, you'll realize you'll see him everywhere. The spiritual is everywhere. And everything you do, you just have to know how to look for it. One of the things that I appreciate the most that we do every week as a staff there in our staff meetings is that God, uh, Andy asks us, where have you seen God in your life personally or here at St. Matthew's? And it allows each one of us to share a moment where we have seen God at work, God's presence, where we've seen the spiritual. And to hear that, I'm like, oh yeah, that was God right there this week. Oh yeah. That was him right there this week. It helps us to stay focused on God and how he is talking to us and using us and drawing us to his presence all the time. And there are little things that you wouldn't even expect. One thing that I always enjoy is the moving nativity scene. I've talked about it before out front. But we always talk about how that can be God's presence to those who drive by as a reminder of him. Or... What we do as a congregational care ministry here at the church with homebound communion. How that's God's presence being brought out to those in our community. There's so much that we do here at St. Matthew's. And there's so much that you come across in your daily lives. If you just focus on it, that can be 
one of your burning bush moments of God trying to speak to you. And that's where you can draw your strength. That is how you can draw in the holiness of your day. What makes something holy is God being present and us pointing to that. That's worship. This whole series we've been doing since January has been focusing on the different elements of worship and how we are called to be in worship. And that worship is not just here on Sunday mornings for one hour. It goes with us as we leave this place. Our strength comes from Him. And as Christians, it's a, we're not in a faith where we're called to keep God's sightings to ourselves. Or we're called to keep this knowledge of the Savior and His grace to ourselves. We are called to go out and to share it to the world. We are called to go out and share the good news. To make disciples of Christ. Each and every one of us in each one of our own ways with our own gifts that God has given us in our context. We are called to go out and make disciples of Christ and share the good news. We are to give the witness and the testimony and say, hey, y'all, there's God right there. There's God right there. And to point him out. And to draw strength from that as reassurance that he is with you. As it says here in the psalm in those verses 5 through 8. Then once we realize the presence of God in our journey, as we draw closer to him and gain strength from that, we then can begin to trust in him, even in the toughest of life circumstances. Verses 9 through 12 clearly tells us about this. Behold, our shield, O God... Look on the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in your house, O my God, than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. Our joy, our worship comes from trust in the Lord. We can read again, 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 and again in the Bible of, of the struggles that those characters went through, but how God was right there. That if they would just trust in him, that he'd work good out of that situation. He'd point to the way of love, grace, and mercy. And so for today, as you go about your task, as we leave this sanctuary and continue worshiping out into the communities in our daily lives, may you look through the lenses of spirituality and find God in all areas of our life and wherever we do. And not just to seek him, but to point him out as a testimony and find strength and trust in him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we are gathered here today, we worship you with joyful hearts, knowing that you are a God that is always with us, a God that never leaves us, a God that loves us. So may we have the eyes to see your presence in all that we do and draw strength from that and point people to your way and where you are as a testimony so people get to know you better and grow closer to you. We ask all this in your son Jesus Christ's name. Amen. One of the things that I appreciate, especially about today being communion, is that today we focus on the table. The table it's symbolic in homes. Many homes, the tables where you eat meals together is where you do homework or paperwork or is where you sit down to play games or read a Bible or a book. The table is often centerpiece of many people's homes. And today the table holds the communion elements. Not only for us to remember God, 
but to be remembered with him and connected through his grace in these elements here. So I invite everybody to turn to page 12 in your hymnal. We'll be reading from the um, service of word in table 2. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Christ our Lord. Amen.